This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Jenkins, where did you leave your resume? A Dutch treat. Anti-Nazi video games. The man called Pep. And Rick's brush with Bill Curtis. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lozano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Minutia Man Man. with Rick and Dave. Welcome to another episode of Minutia Man with Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. As we head into the uh, Halloween season, Mm -hmm. I felt like I was putting some costumes on yesterday, Dave. Please tell me. What are you talking about? So yesterday is... um, Yesterday was... We're taping this show on Tuesday, so yesterday was Monday, and I, I had a meeting in the morning with our uh, our latest author. You're inking a deal. You were inking a deal. Inking a deal with Chuck Kopic, who's going to be uh, uh, a Eckhart's Press author, and I put on my grown-up costume for that. Which is, which is basically a sport coat. A sport coat, yes. Okay. And a nice Jeans. shirt. Yeah, you know, I've seen you wear sport coats, and the shirts aren't always that nice. Did you go in the nice route this time? They're always nice shirts. They're always buttoned-down nice shirts. It's not like I'm wearing – I'm not one of those guys that wears, like, a black T-shirt and a sport coat. Yeah, but at at Dane's dad's memorial over the weekend, I noticed your shirt wasn't that nice. It was a little wrinkly. Wow. And that's Minutia Men Awkward Pause. Do we have a uh, jingle for Awkward Pause by any chance? Awkward Silence? I'm I'm reeling. I, that's one of my nicest shirts. It's not really? a, it's not a purple sweater. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was okay. I did notice, and you know what? You're you're wearing the jeans with the sports coat. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't really like that look. I think you should go khakis. I, no, I can't do the khakis. I, I'm not a khaki guy. So anyway, that this is my grown up outfit. You can wear your own grown up outfit. <laughs> okay, this is mine. All right. All right. And Touché. then, Touché. and then I had to, and then after immediately after the lunch, I had to run over to uh, Wrigley Field. You had to. I had to. You had, an appoint- you had an appointment. Yeah. And then I had to put on my Cubs costume. Yeah. You know my uh, my Ernie Banks jersey, my lucky Ernie Banks jersey. Which and, proved uh, to be and hat. very lucky, and it was lucky, and it, it was proved to be game. very lucky. Yeah, it um so i'm in the I, halloween spirit because i've been i've been practicing my costume wearing you know i've been trying to get our twins not, and who not are your, you to tell me that jeans is not okay with a sport coat you of all people what, what, what do you mean me of all people what what is that supposed to mean what do you think it means you don't like the way i dress that's what i'm saying oh yeah. all right uh, um, uh, anybody who wants to buy a publishing company or a, the mm-hmm. rights to a podcast, please email us at Minutiamen because it's over. It's a completely unsolicited smack at my shirt, which was a very nice shirt. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh, so anyways, what I was going to say before you interrupted me was, you know, we have 11 year old twins, not me and you, but me and my lovely wife. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to and get, by the way, be- I, I'm going to interrupt you one more time. Will yeah. you please stop introducing me as your partner? <laughs> I, I love watching your Germanic, uh, hairs on the back of your neck. Just, just go up. Whatever I say, at that. least say business partner or <laughs> podcast partner, or, you know, so, you know, add the uh, adjective that describes what it is. Please. Um, 
Uh, do, you, do you not want me to put my hand on your thigh when I say it either? <laughs> no, I don't want you to touch my jeans. <laughs> uh, so anyways, to get back into the holiday spirit. Okay, sorry. Can I tell this story before yes, you interrupt Yes, please, me? please tell. Uh, you know, we have 11-year-old twins, and I've been trying to get them to go as the Shining Twins for Halloween <laughs> for since they were like seven and they won't freaking do it so, and i don't know what else i could do i mean i have sw- no pun it's i've sweetened the pot i've offered them money you know uh, uh they just won't do it they're just not into the, the that, shining twins. that would be an awesome costume <laughs> oh i know and uh i mean aaron's going as a stormtrooper from star wars and julia's going as marie the cat from is it the Aristocats? Is that what it's from? I don't know. You wouldn't know. Uh, yeah, um, know. So we get boring. Your kids don't even do Halloween anymore, do they? No. No, they've grown out of it. Tommy hated Halloween from the very beginning. He was like four years old, and uh, we're trying to get him to put on like a Woody costume. You know, he's like, no, mm-hmm. not going to do it. And then... Um, when he was in uh, grammar school, they forced the kids to wear Halloween costumes. They had to wear a costume. So he went as an accountant. <laughs> he wore a regular, he wore nice pants and a button-down shirt and Probably had nice a pocket protector, and, you know, and, and went as an accountant. That's the extent of Tommy's <laughs> Halloween commitment. That's hilarious. Love the accountant. Are you sure he wasn't a podiatrist? <laughs> he could have been an engineer. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, uh, you know what? I apologize for making fun of your shirt. Um, we had another memorial service over the weekend that we went to. We would like to extend our um, good vibes and uh, good thoughts to the Placco family. Our buddy Dane Placco's dad passed away. Yes, I, was, uh, I thought it was very heartwarming. People well, getting up what, telling stories. They were very nice. What I, what I was going to say, and I've been to quite a few memorial services with you. Yeah. Um, you are, as we mentioned before, a eulogy snob. A critic. Right? A critic. A critic. I think snob is a better word. And I, I've noticed that right before the eulogy starts or when people start, I mean, it was a memorial get together, so there wasn't really a service. But what I see you, or when you start to... When, when this is about to happen, the eulogies and the words, mm-hmm. you kind of take you kind of take a stance and you kind of you kind of put your you know your shoulders back and you go, okay, wow me. It's pretty much it's <laughs> pretty much what you do. Am I? Is this true? I mean, are you kind of like? You I know, think what you, do you might got? you might be reading into it a little bit. <laughs> but you uh, being you know fourteen eulogies under your belt, you could be on the all time non clergy list. I, I would be. imagine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so what did you think? I thought the memorial, uh, the, the, the people that talked, I thought by and large top notch. I agree. I, I, agree. Agree. Yeah, I mean, I thought I even saw you crying a little bit. I, I was I the, was. the stories that, um, well, first of all, the stories were mostly funny stories, which I am always in favor right. of funny stories. I think, uh, are a, a really good way of bringing the people back to life. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. And uh, and they were hilarious stories. And Dane's father apparently used to uh, sneak into the room and try to scare the kids after creature features and stuff. And you know these are great stories. I mean, he went to he went to limits that I I've never gone to. And I I have done the same thing to my kids. I like to sneak in and try to scare them after they watch a scary show. But I've never crawled under their bed so I could reach out and grab their foot. 
<laughs> you know, I've never, I've never gone to the outside window and, and yeah, tapped right. on it until they came With and a, then shown a flashlight underneath my chin and said, "Whoa!" Yeah. Right. Right. Or dress up like the Grim Reaper and stand over their bed. No, he didn't. Do that. I mean, these are but, great stories. So you know, kudos to uh, the family and and uh, thanks for inviting us. And and again, like like Dave said, our our deepest condolences to the family. Yeah, it was a it's a very nice family and what was the best part was it was at Shaw's Crab House and the food was just outstanding. The food was really good. And it was an open bar. Yeah. Uh yeah, so the open bar was nice too. So uh I give it 5 stars. Okay. The, so what is you don't have to answer this now but what is going to be your like eulogy moniker guy? Like you know, you're the guy who is he, are you the eulogy critic or I don't know, are you going to have, you know, like a day at the funeral or whatever. What is your show going to be? Your eulogy? It's, it's still show. in development. It's still <laughs> okay. in development. All right. We should probably do some minutia, uh, since that's the name of the show. What do you think? Uh, I got a Jenkins. If you want to fire up the Jenkins. Oh, jingle. Jenkins! Fantastic. Hang on. Here's Jenkins. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! What did Jenkins do this week, Dave? Woman woman charged in Springfield home invasion left resume in the bathroom. (laughs) Court documents allege. This is out of Massachusetts, Rick. Springfield, Massachusetts. After allegedly tying up and pepper spraying an elderly Springfield woman during a home invasion, Lily B. Bodenloss Bodenloss, Bodenloss, and an accomplice got away with $8,000 in cash, several bottles of prescription pills, and a key to the woman's safe deposit box. Bendelist 29 of Nantucket also left something behind. Her resume. Minutes after arriving at the victim's house on August 30th, Springfield detectives found a folder with Bodenloss's work history, phone number, and email address in the first floor bathroom, according to the arrest report. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> three weeks uh, three weeks prior, Bodenloss and Melissa Mimitz, uh, 37 of Newdington, uh, Connecticut, um, basically what they did is they went into a woman's, an elderly woman's house, posed as Comcast uh, installers. Is that um, why she had a resume on hand? I mean, was she like, <laughs> maybe you know, she like, was going in, just in case they didn't believe me? I look, look, here's my resume. <laughs> um, I mean, why, so, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why you bring your resume into a yeah, home burglary. Th- that has that has not been discovered, nor I think will ever. Well, maybe during the trial or whatever. But uh, so they go to this woman's house. They go, hey, we're from Comcast. Um can we, you know, we your 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 son wanted an upgrade, and the woman, the older the elderly lady, said, "You know, I'm not feeling too well right now. Can you come back later?" <laughs> and these two women said, "Sure, but can we go to the bathroom?" And so the woman, oldest trick in the book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can we go to the bathroom? So the so the two women go into the bathroom together. Okay. Women, There's no red flag that, there. <laughs> Right, exactly. And they come out with masks. Now, (laughs) she's already... Women are morons. She's already... The older ladies already seen their faces. What's the point of the mask at this point? That's exactly what I was thinking. They're morons. So they tie her up. They um, pepper spray her. They steal the money. And while they went back upstairs to find some more stuff, 
the woman got away and was able to run to the run to the neighbor's house and she is fine um but like i said Bowden loss forgot her resume in the, the bath now in a, an example of shoddy schadenfreude uh, well no uh shoddy journalism oh, okay. is you know the, the, this whole article i have no idea what paper the resume was on okay was it a 50 was it a 50 percent rag or a pewter hopper these yeah. are details that Dave's i want to know former paper salesman former paper guy um and you know i wonder does her resume actually have a little description of what her felonies are that she has committed you know <laughs> no because she hasn't updated it yet I mean, <laughs> right obviously in the updated version of the resume wow so if you're so if you're an employer in need of a self-starter who loves to engage, <laughs> who loves to engage with the elderly and has experience with collections lily bowden loss might be the perfect candidate for you if you are in the springfield massachusetts area so okay, there well go. thank you for that yeah. i have some uh Minutia for you. This is uh, uh, regarding soccer, which I know is your favorite uh, sport. Well, I was impressed when you said that you were flipping between the Cubs game. It wasn't this past Cub game that you were at. It was a like game one or two. You were flipping between the soccer game and the Cub game. I was. Right? Yeah. That's that's pretty devoted soccer fan. Well, I am. A, I'm a soccer fan. I am a big time soccer fan. And and uh, right now there are World Cup qualifiers going on. And the Netherlands is like a uh, is like a World Cup powerhouse. They've they've I think they've never actually won the World Cup, but they are they've been in the final several times. They've uh, they've come close and they're always one of the best teams in the world. But this year, their chances of making the uh, the World Cup are very small. Um, and going into this last game, this is this is a great story. Um, going into this last game, they were in third place in their division behind Sweden, or behind France, which was in first, and Sweden, which was second. But they were only a few goal differentials behind. And the press in... Uh, in the Netherlands was taunting the the uh, coach <laughs> and said something to him like uh well what happens if Sweden uh beats uh, Luxembourg who's their next opponent like 8 to nothing what are you going to do then <laughs> their coach Dick Advocat a uh, a great uh, former player said they won't win 8 to nothing what a stupid question that is <laughs> 8 to nothing that's ridiculous no i don't believe that and can you guess what happened they won eight to nothing. They I won bet. eight to nothing, <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, love it because you know we just uh, we were in Holland and Germany this past summer with uh, my son's soccer team, and all of the parents came back from this trip feeling like uh, the Germans were a warm and uh, wonderful people, and the only reason they believe that is because we also went to Holland. Yeah, yeah, and it just intermixed. The Holland, they're very nice. Yeah, German, I don't see them as the warm. I don't uh, see them. The, they're the, not. They're not. Yeah. But compared to the Dutch, they're like super friendly. Yeah, yeah, right. Pretty low bar. Yeah, in the friendly bar. Well, that's good. Now, what happens? Now? Did he say anything afterwards? Well, you know, uh, no, he 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 didn't. Uh, he wasn't interviewed afterwards. But it, it now that they have lost uh, eight to nothing. Uh, the Netherlands will not be in the next World Cup, which so, is right. which is which is uh, next summer in Russia. 
the uh, this kind of reminds me, you know, all the pollsters before the election. Yeah. You know, there's no way Trump's going to win. That's stupid. What are you guys, idiots? <laughs> and, and then uh, like that Princeton guy, I can't think of his name, who, you know, if, if Trump wins, I'll eat a bug. But he had to go on YouTube and eat bugs, you know. So uh, be careful what you say. Yeah. 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 Don't make predictions. That's my prediction. So, all right. Well, uh, sorry about the Netherlands, but, you know. Hey, do we have a winner for this week? Speaking Uh, of winners and losers. You know, Rick, in our retweet contest, um, when we we created this contest, I'm I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's nice. We'll get a, we'll get rid of some of our old inventory that we have. Nice stuff, but you know, kind of clean out the basement a little bit. Uh, we've got shirts from just one bad century and books that you know we that great books. Um, and I'm like, you know, it won't be that expensive. I'll put it in a put it in a box and ship it out. One thing that I didn't kind of forecast is that shipping people costs. from well, shipping costs, especially when the winner is in Brisbane, Australia. Uh, Simon Aitken, congratulations from Brisbane, Australia. For real? Yeah, yeah, for real. So that's going to sure cost gonna, a fortune. Yeah, it's going to cost a fortune, and I'm sure he's going to love the Chicago Cubs shirt I'm sending him. <laughs> uh, the uh, Hugh Hefner, uh, Hugh Hefner book. Although he might like the Hugh Hefner book that we put out. Um, his first funeral. Also, your book will be included in the prize pack. Father knows nothing. He's and that's, he's a that's universal. Yeah, they have fathers in Brisbane. Yep. Um, so that is all going to go. I was going to give him some other stuff, but after I figured out what the costs were, yeah, you know what, Simon, you're getting the bare minimum on this yeah. one. It was still still worth twenty five bucks retail. Up to twenty five bucks. You do say up to twenty five dollars. Right. <laughs> and if the shipping so, is twenty five dollars, we could send nothing. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so Brisbane, Australia has our first winner. So um, Simon so Aitken. If, you, if you'd like to win, um, Dave does a tweet as as Minutia Men. You can go at Minutia Men on Twitter, and he does tweet each of our shows uh, several mm-hmm. times. And all you have to do is retweet it, and Dave will uh, choose a winner at random. And mm-hmm. this week, it's someone in Australia. Yep, exactly. Simon Aitken, congratulations. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't subscribed to the podcast. It's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can go to the radiomisfits.com, uh, radiomisfits.com, and you can download the episodes there as well. And share them. Share them on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram and Snapchat and whatever these things these kids are using these days. Please, okay. share. So uh, you have uh, some more minutia for us? Uh, we have not talked about Nazis lately, and this is really not a Nazi story. Okay. Can I play this is, jingle, though? Can I play the audio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, you could play the Nazi jingle. All right, hang on. It's, uh, I believe this is it. Did Dave really find another story about Nazis? Another one? Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, Nazi killing video game adopts controversial anti-Nazi marketing stance. That's controversial. Um, uh, that's the that's the thing. Uh, Bethesda Developers, which is a video game company, produced Wolfenstein Two. Not just right, now. I'm offended. I'm right. offended by that name. <laughs> Wolfenstein Two, which is the sequel to Wolfenstein One, uh, and basically. 
the video game is what happens when Nazis come to America and they and they and no, I mean, they take over America and we well, we the video game players have to take America back, you know, it's from the Nazis. Am I wrong? It sounds like virtually every every video game I've ever heard yeah. of. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Instead of Nazis, it's zombies or whatever. But yeah. So basically, this is, you know, and they put on a 13 second little advertisement for, um, you know, on Twitter and social media that basically had the, you know, Nazis marching someplace in America. I don't know what it was. And, you know, it said something like, let's take back America or something or, you know, make America American again or something like that. Uh, Well, there were some people that took offense and thought it was a political statement. Um, And I don't really want to get into the politics of it, but there is one tweet uh, that I think is hilarious that someone was upset about the fact that Wolfenstein 2. I believe it's Wolfenstein. (laughs) Wolfenstein 2. This is a great tweet. Um, I'm not a Nazi, but I'm pissed at the way they are being treated. (laughs) Oh my God. So, you know what, if you have to say I'm not a Nazi, but I, you know what, you may kind of have leanings, but I, but this is not the reason I'm bringing this up. Um, what I, when I was researching this and thinking about what my, what we were going to do, I stumbled upon really offensive video games. Okay. (laughs) More offensive Uh, than Nazis. Yeah. I mean, you know what, I mean, I can get it. I, you know, I don't, again, I don't want to get involved. So I made a quiz and I'm, I gave, here are four video games that are, that three of them are that's true, and one of them is a one that I made up. Well, uh, but on. these uh, this is this is a oh, new, uh, jingle. This is a new right. audio record for us. Another opportunity. Hang on one Sorry second. About Here that. we yeah, go. Time now for a minutia man. Minutia man. Minutia quiz. All right, lay it on me. Okay. Uh, again, three of these are real. One is fake. Gotcha. Atari, nineteen seventy three. In the game, two players move through a maze which continually changes over time. One player, the pursuer, attempts to catch the other, the pursued. If they do, a point is scored. And the players reset positions. Okay, nothing controversial about that. Except that the joysticks were encased in pink domes and made to look like breasts. And the uh, the advertisement on the side of the machine depicted a man chasing a woman in a nightdress. Okay, so you're so breasts as joysticks. Okay, okay. all right. Um, Custer's Revenge, developed by Mystique Development for the Atari 2600 in 1982. The game depicts a crudely rendered General Custard dodging arrows to reach a naked Native American woman tied to a cactus. For surviving, he was allowed to have sex with her and received points for doing so. This quickly led to controversy regarding whether he was raping her or if she was participating willingly. <laughs> Custer's Revenge. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Stick it to the man. Developed by Running with Scissors, 1997. Stick It to the Man is an isometric top-down video game. I don't even know what that means. Developed by Running With Scissors and depicts a disgruntled employee sabotaging various workplace activities. 
Game goals include leaving shipments of ice cream out in the sun, stealing from petty cash, and taking extra time for lunch. You sure this show okay. wasn't this wasn't called Jenkins? <laughs> Stick it to the man, okay? This is my favorite, the fourth one. JFK Reloaded released November fourth, or I'm sorry, November twenty second, two thousand and four. Know what the uh, yes, uh, November twenty second, the anniversary th- of his assassination. By Traffic Games, JFK Reloaded puts the player in the role of Lee Harvey Oswald, and players try to recreate the president's assassination exactly per the Warren Commission's findings. In exactly 8.3 seconds, players must miss the first shot, hit JFK and Governor Connolly with the second shot, and hit JFK's head with the third. So you have Gotcha, the joysticks with breasts. You have Custer's Revenge. Uh-huh. Uh, you have Stick It to the Man. And you have JFK Reloaded. Three of them are actually true, real video games. And all four of them sound like ones that you would have made up. Well, uh, that's why I spent three hours researching this. <laughs> I think the fake one is the one with the breasts because it, you said 1973. And if I remember 1973 correctly, it was the, that was the age of Pong. And there was nothing else going on in 1973. Gotcha is an arcade game developed by Atari and released in October 1973. It was the, it was the fourth game. By, the, by Atari after the 1972 Pong, which marks the beginning of the commercial video gaming age. Um, and then 1973 had Space Race and Pong Doubles, and then Gotcha. Um, so this so, is the fourth video game ever. Right. And, yeah, it, and, and they are immediately going to breasts. Yes, sexual. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, all right, so, gotcha. so JFK. JFK is fake. Because I know you're obsessed with JFK. According to the company Traffic Games, the primary aim of the game was to establish the most likely facts of what happened on uh, November 22nd, 1963, by running the world's first mass participation forensic construction. The theory being that a player could help prove that Lee Harvey Oswald had the means and the opportunity to commit the crime and thus help prove the Warren Commission's findings. Wow. Players, players were able to submit scores and ratings for how close their version of the events were to the Warren Commission's findings. The competition promised winnings of up to $100,000, but the final prize was only 10712 and I don't know why. So, um, wow. the, ga- the game starts just before JFK's limousine comes into view, about 28 seconds before the first shot is fired and um, the you know the player aims and takes and fires with his mouse and he can fire up to 39 times but you can only fire three times because there was only three shots yeah Lee Harvey Oswald made three shots um, the game <laughs> uh, the game ends when the limo disappears in the tunnel after a certain amount of time wow. has passed yeah so well, there you go so I guess that proves the uh the tragedy plus time equals uh, video game, yeah, right? Equals video. Uh, so you've got Custer's Revenge and Stick It to the Man. All right. Well, then I'm going to go with Stick It to the Man. Is the fake one? Is the fake one? Yes, you're you're correct. <laughs> However, I but let me tell you, I should have known. Stick It to the Man. That's what you <laughs> always say. Right. And I and I said it. And I said it 
kind of fun too. Yeah. Stick it to the band. Uh, but let me tell you about Custer's Revenge, Rick. So this is a uh, real game that yeah. the Custer really rapes the Indian princess. 1982, September 23, by Mystique, the developer. All right. Um, the um, the game depicts a crudely rendered General Custer dropping arrows, or I'm sorry, dodging arrows to reach a Native American woman tied to a cactus. Um, it's also known as Westward Ho, <laughs> and Ho is an H-O, yeah. and the White Man Came. Those are two other names that this video game goes by you know when uh, i went to vegas i stayed at the westward ho that was a real uh, it was a real hotel well did, did they have custard's revenge they uh, might have. i didn't uh, go exploring they might have uh but let me tell you about how the custard um how is how he is depicted in the um uh, i'm trying to find it here it was a great um well it's by the way it's ranked 10th on the list of the most racist video games, which just makes me want to know what are the nine in front of it, right? Uh, and people are they, complaining about the Nazi game. Uh, yeah, oh, I know. And that is just... Uh, I, I'm trying to find the description of what... Um, I mean, we, we get the point. No, it's great. Um, uh, Three, two, one. It's time to move on to our next segment. Oh, is, here we go. All right. Uh, the player controls the character of Custer, depicted as a man wearing nothing but a cavalry hat, boots, a bandana, and sporting a visible erection. Oh, Custard, my God. Yeah, Custer has to overcome the arrow attacks to reach the other side of the screen. His goal is to rape a native american but naked. it says the goal is to rape so right there is your answer you know earlier you well, were i think that. that that's the wikipedia description i don't know if it's that is i think that's somebody maybe putting some editorial okay. but yes but whatever it's not good so there you go all right well thank you it's time for our cubs feature time now for a collection of cub geekness this is just one bad century with rick and dave so this uh, this week, Dave is uh, the anniversary of. Uh, actually, it's the birthday of former Cub great Joe Pepitone, uh, who is seventy seven years old. And do you remember Joe Pepitone? I remember he did the hair loss commercials, the wig commercials, right? Wasn't that Joe Pepitone? That's the guy. Uh, yeah. The Cubs got him on July 29, 1970. They traded their top prospect to the Astros. His name was Roger Metzger, who went on to be a pretty darn good player for the Astros. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, the reason why the Astros traded Joe Pepitone was because they told him he had to have a roommate on the road, Joe Pepitone, and he said, no <laughs> way, I'm not, com- I don't, I'm not playing anymore. And he quit. <laughs> now he was he was a a good baseball player. In fact, he was a great baseball player. He had good glove. He won gold gloves. He had hit for power. But he had one of the worst attitudes in baseball history. The fans loved him though because he was flamboyant and showy, mm-hmm. and you know he was everything the Cubs were not. You know, the Cubs were never like that. He hung out at the Playboy Club. He had long hair. And like you said, he he wore wigs. <laughs> he, he wore long wigs because he was going bald. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had his shirt open. You know, he showed his hairy chest and wore gold chains. He was the first player. And this is, this is not really something that you want on your uh, resume. But he was the first player in baseball to use a hair dryer in the clubhouse. 
on his wick ever yeah first player um the first day he arrived as a cub he he arrived in a limo and he was so deep in debt that he owed the team half his salary before the year began (laughs) (laughs) love that guy uh, the um, yeah, that's 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 good. Now, did he he played for the Cubs? How many years did he play for the Cubs after he he? Um, all right, so he played for the Cubs until May second, nineteen seventy two, and he asked to be put on the voluntary retirement list because he was sick of baseball and he wanted to concentrate on his nightclub, which he had just opened called uh, Joe Pepitone's Thing, which failed, and then, yeah, and then he needed did. the money, and he came crawling back to the Cubs, <laughs> and the Cubs said, "You know what? We're gonna trade you." to the Atlanta Braves and that's where right. he ended his career and in his contract he had a he had a room with two other guys you know? <laughs> I just think that's funny you need it you have to have a roommate I quit <laughs> yeah, I uh, all right well thanks for playing yeah uh, well I love Joe Papagione he was one of the Cubs he was one Cubs. of the very few Cubs in history that had like a a great personality you know what I mean he'd like a mm-hmm. Just a, a memorable guy. One of my favorite players when I was a kid. All right, it's time for our final feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. All right, this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar and picks out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of when I met that celebrity. Uh nationally known journalist bill curtis bill curtis uh bill curtis was the uh like you said he's a nationally known guy but he was also an anchor man in chicago for many many years and i met him a couple of times over the years uh just you know like in professional capacity where i was in an event he was an he's usually wearing a black tie you know uh uh tuxedo Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I met him, we, we booked him to be on the John Landecker show. And uh, it was like 640 in the morning, right? And Bill Curtis came to the studio wearing a yellow suit. Ugh. Yellow, like a a yellow jacket and yellow pants. Really? I've, I'd never seen that before or since. And it looked, you know let's just say unusual on on a news guy like bill curtis who apparently is is like one of the coolest guys in the world he but he's one of these cool guys he's kind of like our our buddy dane placco who is a cool guy but no matter what he says it sounds like a journalist (laughs) you know know what i mean i know i know and and the story (laughs) i remember about bill curtis is he was telling us about going backstage at the rolling stones and he kind of told it this way um, and then I went back uh, backstage and met uh, the members of the Rolling Stones, and they had rolled some doobies <laughs> and were engaging in some illegal activity. <laughs> just the way he said it, you know, yeah. and I, I, I don't do it justice. I can't just imagine Bill Curtis reporting a, a, like a backstage story from a Rolling Stone show <laughs> and, and doing it as a journalist. You ever Bill think Curtis. I'm sure you've probably never thought of that, and I or this, and I've never thought of it until you just mentioned. But like Dane, in the throes of passion. Oh no, I've definitely <laughs> never thought of that. Now you have. Now yeah. you have. Sorry Thank about you that. so much. Uh, All right. Well, listen. If you want to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com. 
And I appreciate your breasts. Uh. Solutions.com. Please don't do that anymore. If you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at minutiamanpodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with Opie Productions. We are distributed by Ed Silla, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and we will be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Man. <laughs> The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?